It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, you are listening to Red Friday on North Sound 1. We were all geared up to talk about Celtic against the Dons tomorrow, but that is not happening like the game in midweek didn't happen and like the one last weekend didn't happen. It's been an eventful couple of weeks for the Dons, and if you're a Dons fan, probably a slightly torturous couple of weeks as well. So no football tomorrow, but plenty to talk about. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. And uh, we're going to start, Dave, with the recent, in the last couple of hours, uh, we've now, we now know what the SPFL are saying about the the situation with the Aberdeen players and with volleyball and goalie at Celtic. And also we've had a statement uh, from Aberdeen Football Club, which I'll read in just a minute. But your first reaction on the, on the news? Well, it's uh, not surprising. And uh, we've just got to take whatever punishment we get um, two weeks today the hearing uh, will decide what uh, the, the players will get as we heard in the news it could be up to a, an eight match ban I would be surprised if it was as severe as that um, and also proceedings against the clubs although it's difficult to know what the clubs could have done better you know yeah. it's, uh, I, I think it should be the individuals that get punished rather than the, the clubs themselves but uh, it's just a shame that for the second show in a row we're not talking about games that are about to take place Absolutely, well we were, we, we got the statement from AFC earlier on this afternoon and then of course we got that, um, is the hearings committee, is that what they're, they're the, the, the team behind the decision that make the are making the decision in two weeks for the SPFL. Yeah, that that, is, that that will be. We don't know what time. It's the day after Aberdeen's European debut. Right. Okay. So, so we got this. Uh, we got the statement first of all, of course, and I'll read that out so that we can we can go from there. Aberdeen Football Club has completed its internal investigation into the actions of eight players last week. The investigation confirmed that these players breached the club's COVID-19 protocols and government guidance. AFC Chairman Dave Cormack said these players made a huge mistake. They not only went against government guidance, but also breached our own COVID-19 procedures set out by the club to all players and staff. Due to the privilege that has been afforded to professional footballers and having witnessed the outrage and anger their actions provoked, they are in no doubt that they have let them themselves and the club down. They are truly sorry, sorry and have apologised unreservedly to the First Minister, health and footballing authorities, the fans, the manager, the rest of the squad, our staff and board and the wider community. As a result of our investigation, these players have been severely reprimanded and fined heavily. Contractually, the specifics must remain confidential between the club and each player, but rest assured the financial fines are in line with the severity of the consequences of their actions. Uh, the club has chosen to donate these fines to NHS Grampian. We fully appreciate the outpouring of dismay and anger by those that have been impacted by this virus, by those who have worked selflessly to protect us and by our fans who have, despite health and financial worries, supported the club with their hard-earned cash during this period. Their actions were indefensible, but the investigation has been completed. They have apologised, they've been punished by the club and are suffering the humiliation that goes with making a mistake in the public eye. Uh, they then go on to say that the club, like every employer, has a duty of care to its staff and we must also consider the well-being of these players who continue to face an ongoing barrage of criticism and personal abuse from many quarters. They've been taught the harshest of lessons and have the chance to redeem themselves and help demonstrate that the club is better and bigger than this regrettable episode. I can only hope that the Dons fans and the Aberdeen community will remember the tremendously positive work the club and trust, including staff, volunteers and the players, have delivered during this pandemic and help us 
all heal from this. It is a shame, Andrew, that we know we've we've heard that the club are going to be finding the players. The fines are going to be donated to NHS Grampian, which has been pretty well received by the fans this afternoon uh, as a whole. Uh, but it is a shame that even though we might want to draw a line out under it right now, we are going to be talking about this for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, um, like Dave, not altogether surprising because obviously when we saw the First Minister uh, at our briefing uh, when this was announced, uh, was incandescent with rage at this happening. Understandably so, uh, because you know I, I think it, it's... It's it's still so hard to comprehend what was going through uh, the players' minds. Uh, the Aberdeen players are bad enough, but goodness me, ball and goalie at Celtic going away to well to, to Spain for a for a day. I mean, you for have to you have to say, Andrew, that talk about trying to outshine the disaster that was last week. I mean, <laughs> volleyball and goalie has taken it to a whole new level. It has indeed. I mean, goes there for a day, comes back, doesn't tell anybody, doesn't go into into the quarantine that he must have known he was supposed to go into and then plays for part of the game against uh, Kilmarnock last weekend. However, that apart, um, you know, we cannot condone what happened with the the Aberdeen players. I thought it was very big of Johnny Hayes to be interviewed uh, by Mal Panton for Red TV to put his side of, of things. He was remorseful. He was full of contrition and... I think, you know, knowing these guys, as both Dave and myself do, they know that they've done wrong, but they'll they'll take it on the chin, whatever is thrown at them. They've had a lot thrown at them over the last uh, week or so, and now they've had the fines. Uh, they now face the possibility of, when they come out of their, their self-isolation, being banned for a couple of games after the, the principal hearing on the, the 28th of August, and... I would hope that it's no more than a couple of games. Um, I don't think it'll be as many as eight. It may stretch to four, I'm not sure, because I think the football authorities have to be seen to be doing something to keep the government on side, because otherwise Mm. there's every likelihood that the government would pull the plug on Scottish football as a whole, never mind just the Premier League. Um, They've already said to championship clubs, uh, Hearts in particular, who... Uh, were back training, stop training. Now, that that does appear to be a, a sledgehammer to crack a nut, but it's a hell of a size of a nut that they're having to crack. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the threat, of course, uh, Dave, that the, the whole of the league could be affected. It, it really is just going to take one more. I know that Jason Leach, and we're going to hear from Jason Leach in just shortly, I know that he's been around the clubs. I know that he feels the managers and he feels that the chairman and he feels that the people involved with the club completely understand where he's coming from. His big worry is players and individuals. Yeah, we're in the last chance saloon. There's no question about it. And on the Bolingoli situation, I, having heard Neil Lennon, I would be very surprised if he plays for Celtic again. Surely he won't. Surely I not. wouldn't think so. And a Celtic player on a flight from Scotland to Spain, obviously there are Celtic fans on the same flight who naturally take photographs. And uh, how he ever thought it was good. But it's also a slap in the face for... His manager, yeah, because he totally disobeyed what he'd been specific specifically told. But you no, know, it. I think the clubs will act responsibly, but I do think it will only take one more incident, however trivial, but one more br- breach of the rules, and 
we could be in for a, a very long gap. I remember talking to both of you actually. Um, we st- we spoke about this before the season started, and we said we were concerned, Dave, that we were going to get to a situation where two or three weeks in, there wasn't going to be uh, a football league this this year in the top flight in Scotland. Yeah, and we're also still not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination in terms of the 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 um a second wave coming so mm. everybody's there's so many different factors that can play a part in stopping scottish football once again which is a shame we're, we're in our own local lockdown again for the second week yeah now um that may stretch judging by the the figures that we're, we're hearing and it's it's not easy for anybody but uh, it's uh, something that we're going to have to get used to cove rangers just up the road they were meant to be back in training this this weekend and uh, they were looking forward to getting back onto the training pitch that isn't going to happen now till later on this month yeah it's a real shame um let's get some of the reaction from some dons fans just to that statement earlier on today from afc just on the uh, situation with the players and the eight players that were involved Uh, so let's hear from some of the fans i think as a club we're just gonna have to put it behind us and move on uh the players have been stupid but they've been punished and we're all humans at the end of the day. So let's hope collectively they can put it right on the pitch with a good season. So, scum it. Obviously, they've got to stand up and take the blame. They've taken the blame now, so let's move on. Let's get back to normal. Everyone makes mistakes in life. They've made a mistake. We can't hound them forever. So let's get back to normal, get back training, and then going out in the park and put themselves in the park back to the fans, give the fans something uh, to look forward to for the rest of the season, hopefully get some honours this year a couple of cups and try and chase for the title yeah a couple of fans there recognisable voice in one of them there Dave that sounded very much like Lee McAllister there <laughs> it was absolutely Lee McAllister <laughs> he's been a, a regular guest on the Red Friday and Friday Sport in years gone by yeah. so yeah and I, I totally agree with what he's saying but of course the problem now is that there's Hibs could be 12 points clear of Aberdeen yeah if they, if they win this weekend and you'd rather any manager will tell you you'd rather have points on the board than games in hand and it's going to be a difficult ask um, to get back up and, and win the two trophies that Lee was talking about <laughs> yeah absolutely the double uh, Andrew it's, it's true though isn't it I mean this is where the Dons are at right now it's a real mountain to climb because games in hand also mean congestion and it means trying to find fit players and it's difficult at the best of times absolutely particularly given that you know that there's so little wiggle room this season and they uh, Dave's absolutely right. You know, if Hibs go 12 points clear, it's um, I'm just looking at the fixture list. The the first game after the, the hearing, which will decide the fate of the eight players with the SFA, is away to Hibs. Now, all these eight players, well, I think Michael Devlin and Sam Cosgrove will be still on the injured list at that point, but there, there potentially could be six players out for these games and for maybe two Maybe four games, um, we, we don't know. But uh, it, it's it's a horrendous situation for Aberdeen. And it just it doesn't rain, but it pours because there's Ryan Edmondson picks up an injury in training this week yeah. and is going to be out for three to four months. So Derek McInnes must be wondering, what on earth have I done wrong that bad luck is hitting us? 
from absolutely every direction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about the striking situation at the moment at the club because it is a slightly precarious one. We're going to talk about that and we're going to get some thoughts as well from some fans and uh, a former Don as well. Uh, we did sort of touch there briefly on the Celtic Kilmarnock game that, uh, that of course, Bollymole and Goli did play a part in. Uh, let's hear Jason Leach, his reasoning, because, of course, the question was, well, why, was, why were Kilmarnock allowed to play on? We have judged that the risk to Kilmarnock with Kilmarnock is low enough to allow them to keep playing. But you could make a very purist public health assessment of that, that the player who breached the rules was a higher risk player. He didn't play for long, but he did play. And he could have potentially passed the virus to his to his own team when they were training and his own team when they were playing and to the opposition. We made a judgment that the risk to Kilmarnock was so low and they've all been tested again and all of those things together. But it's but it's not binary. It's not a yes-no question. It's, a, it's an excellent question to ask and we considered it today and we decided to let their game go ahead. You've got to say, Dave, it's a kind of difficult job, this one, because he's right. At some point, you've got to make a call. You've got to make a decision. Does the game go ahead or not? And they based it on the probability of infection. And obviously, he'd been tested and it wasn't positive, but he had been in a situation which was more, put him more at risk. But it is a real difficult one, isn't it? It is. And I think each call has to be taken on an individual game basis and the circumstances surrounding that. And they. Uh, you know, certainly from Celtic's point of view, although they dropped two points, it's just as well for their fixture congestion potentially that they did get manage to get that game out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, they will be in a similar position to the Dons in terms of those games in hand. We'll be talking about that. Also, we'll talk about uh, the situation with the the striking shortage at the club at the moment and what Derek McInnes is going to do about that. That's all in the way in just a minute. North Sound One. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. No game tomorrow, but lots to talk about still. And of course, the striker shortage is one thing which we'll be discussing at length. And of course, the Dons rocked by the news that Ryan Edmondson is now going to be out for up to four months with an ankle injury after just joining on loan not that long ago. So we're going to chat about that next. North Sound 1, Red Friday. You've got to say, from a personal point of view for poor Ryan Edmondson, what a real shame. Well, it does look as though his uh, Aberdeen career will amount to a cameo substitute appearance against Rangers uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah, real real shame because he, he was looking forward so much to having the chance to show Leeds United ultimately what he can do, but also to show Aberdeen what, he, what he's capable of. So, yeah. But it just... As Andrew said, it never rains, but it pours. If it's, we've had it in the past, we've had, where we've had central defenders, one goes, they all go midfielders. <laughs> central midfield last season, we had real problems with injuries. So That's right, it, it was the Rangers striker. game, wasn't it, where there was a uh, makeshift midfield. Yeah, we won't dwell on that one when the outcome <laughs> of it either. But uh, yeah, so um, the the one bright hope is that Curtis Main isn't too far away from uh, returning, although mm. he hasn't had a full pre-season, which has also will take him a wee while to get up to speed so yeah. not good not good at all uh, Andrew just a, just, just, just a quick one Andrew on uh, the striking situation uh, we've obviously got the the difficulty at the moment with um, 
uh, with with who's going to play up front. And a lot of people talking about Niall McGinn perhaps playing there. Dave, I'm going to ask you first. What what's your thoughts on that? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of discussion about that. Well, he had when he, when he played up front under Craig Brown, he had a real golden spells in terms of uh, scoring goals and he can play there there's no doubt about it um, another option is perhaps untried and young but certainly with plenty of raw potential is Michael Ruth um, mm-hmm. who's got he's got his squad number so he is obviously part of the first team squad plans I've seen a few tweets this week saying release the Ruth so <laughs> uh, of course you know that is that is a possibility and it, it is it's going to be a real difficult sort of week or so for, for Derek McInnes to sort of decide how, how things are going to go uh, in the next game let's get some of the thoughts from the fans though because again you know it has been such an unusual couple of weeks and now we have this situation where strikers are a bit a bit of a shortage so first of all we're going to hear from uh, Don's fan and our fan report Graham and then in a minute we'll hear from former Don Richie Byrne on the situation Yeah it's another blow losing Ryan Edmondson I mean he's played what 15-20 minutes for us um, does he go out and get another striker I don't know um, obviously we know the, the money situation just now can we go out and get another player in I don't know how it works but we have to look at what we have in the building um, I, I would like to see Nagam again Um Get a shot, you know. He's been there before. We've we've seen what he can do. When when he was playing under Craig Brown, uh, he predominantly played there. So, and he got a lot of goals. So I would like to see him again. Maybe maybe fill that role. I mean, we've got plenty of cover for him with McLennan, Hayes, Kennedy. So there is wide players there. McGinn can push further forward. It's an option, but um, I'm sure Derek will work something out. Well, he's going to have to. He's going to have yeah. no choice. Uh, but yes, now again in a sort of more forward role. He's done it before. He did it pretty successfully. He is a player that's got an eye for goal, uh, as we know. And that might not be a bad option. It's certainly an, an option, um, depending on what else or who else is available for Derek um, down to Perth on Thursday evening, which uh, hopefully will be Aberdeen's second league match of the season. But uh, yeah, there's no doubt uh, it's been a, a worry for him. And of course... Don't know, but he may be looking to bring somebody else in on loan, but mm. your options are fairly limited. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Once things kind of get started and underway, it does become more difficult to sort of, you know, get those get those other players um, over the line. Of course, there was the talk uh, from, to be fair, not from Aberdeen Football Club, but from ambitious fans who said, oh, Stephen Fletcher might be an option. Well, that's definitely not going to... We knew it wasn't going to happen, but he's signed for Stoke today as well. So. He did, and uh, Chris... Doolan's gone to our broth, so there's another option. <laughs> a couple door of closed. options gone. Uh, the, the, the problem, of course, is that you're looking at the league, and okay, there's only three games played for the teams that have managed to play their three games, but it doesn't make good reading when you see Hamilton at the bottom, no points. The Dons in 11th, no points. And the, the reality is, of course, we've only had one game and it was Rangers. But it still doesn't look good, and the problem is those numbers are going to go up in terms of the other players having uh, other teams having played games. Yeah, and Hamilton at home to St Mirren tomorrow mm. pick up anything, and that's us firmly at the the foot of the the pile, which is not something we want to see. Um, but it is going to be a hard job to to get these points back. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, um, in terms of the the sort of rest of the the way that Derek McInnes approaches the next game, as I think Andrew said, in terms of the players that haven't played. Um, and and the ones that are coming back from injury, you are looking at players that maybe haven't had an awful lot of time to sort of get themselves ready for, for it. But are are players just ready anyway? Do you think, or or does fitness tell? 
Fitness always tells at this stage of the season if if they haven't had a, a full pre-season but there's still there's still plenty it'll be the bench that I think will look a bit strange and you will see youngsters making their first team debut on the bench but we can still with who's left put out a pretty strong first uh, first 11 starting 11 That's, there's no problem with that Yeah Andrew of course Johnston um, certainly a challenge we haven't seen an awful lot from them yet they, they have had a change obviously in terms of management recently as well um, but they are a team that, that tend to do moderate, moderately well and you just don't always know what you're going to expect from them What you do know that you'll get from them is a really tough physical game uh, there's no question that that'll be the case but uh, I watched the highlights of their game at Ibrox in midweek and defensively there were poor goals that they conceded um, but to be fair to them they, they still kept having a go at Rangers right to the bitter end didn't get any reward at all but uh, Callum Davidson I think obviously knows uh, that squad inside out and uh, knows the club knows the ethos behind the successes that they've enjoyed in, in recent years so it will be a tough game for the Dons but as Dave said you know we'll see different faces on the bench but there's some exciting young talent at Pataudry who this may just be an opportunity for them and you know, sometimes you find that you know, remember Alan Hansen all those years ago saying you can't win things with kids uh, and that was the, the start of a fantastic run for, for Manchester United this might just be a little silver lining on this very dark cloud that's hanging over Pataudry at the moment the, the opportunity for some of these young kids to come in and stake a claim for first team football Yeah, well we mentioned uh, Michael Ruth as well Andrew and, and again you know, I, I was saying there that on Twitter I've seen people really looking for players like that on the fringes, young young players who are looking for their chance to be given an opportunity. And as you say, St. Johnson, the, the difficulty with St. Johnson, as you said, though, um, is that they are physical and they do press pretty hard as well. It, it is a, a game that you do feel like you want some of those experienced players to be on top form just to get through it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think a lot of onus will be on the likes of Lewis Ferguson, Funso Ojo in the middle of the park, uh, Ash Taylor, Tommy Hoban let's just hope that Tommy uh, can get a good run uh, without any injuries uh, disrupting his career uh, we've got plenty of good players there's no question at all about that but um, I think some of the some of the young kids you know, they go into a game like that with no fear whatsoever and they may be a little bit of an unknown quantity to St Johnston if some of the guys like Michael Ruth or Kevin Hanratty uh, you know, possibly get an, an opportunity, but uh, Michael Ruth is is definitely one to watch because he he wasn't played as an out and out striker that often in the under 18s or the reserve team last year, and yet he still managed to score the better part of twenty goals. So he certainly knows how to stick the ball in the back of the net, and he did come to Petodre, of course, having played some senior football with Queens Park. So he he has possibly more of a grounding in the senior game than than some of the others have but uh, it's going to be a, a challenge for the, the whole football club to try and get everyone back on side and uh, the challenge we hope will start at McDermott Park on Thursday night Yeah well we're going to get former Don Richie Burns thoughts on how Derek McInnes should approach the striking situation and uh, how he should uh, look at sort of approaching St Johnson in that game next Thursday and we'll do that after we get the North Sound 1 news headlines Across North East Scotland North Sound 1 News 
We now know the train involved in the Stonehaven crash did hit a landslip before it derailed. Driver Brent McCullough, passenger Christopher Stookbury and conductor Donald Denny all died in the tragedy. Some flights are going for more than six times the usual amount as British tourists try to get home to the UK before new quarantine rules come in. Anyone returning from France, the Netherlands and some other countries have to self-isolate for two weeks from tomorrow morning. Nearly 200 cases are now connected to the coronavirus cluster in Aberdeen, which is linked to pubs in the city. More than 1,000 contacts have been traced. The Granite City is in a second week of lockdown. And Aberdeen have heavily fined the eight players who breached coronavirus rules by attending a bar in the city. The club's matches have been postponed after two of the group tested positive, while the other six were forced to self-isolate. The group in Celtic's volleyball and golly are also facing bans of up to eight games for breaking the guidelines. They'll all face a Scottish FA disciplinary panel later this month. That's the latest. I'm Neil Murray. North Sound One. Get all the biggest hits and the biggest throwbacks without lifting a finger. Just ask your smart speaker to play North Sound One. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound One, Red Friday. Yeah, this is Red Friday. No Aberdeen Celtic tomorrow or Celtic Aberdeen tomorrow because, uh, well, it's postponed. And uh, we've been talking about that, but we're also looking ahead to the Dons' next game on Thursday against St Johnston. And, of course, a striker shortage after uh, Ryan Edmondson picking up that injury he's going to be out for up to four months and uh, let's get former Don Richie Burns thoughts on how Derek McInnes should look at lining up his strikers just looking at the stats there for the two boys that you have in contention so you have Bruce Anderson the young lad that's uh, come in and done very well since he's since he's joined back in the club since uh, Al from from Dunfermline uh, he played a few games scored a couple of goals but uh, for me I think you've got to start with nine again I think even the games I watched him uh, I think his hold of play was great um, his passing was excellent and since moving wide I think he's he's put in some very very good performances but uh, his goals to games ratio was quite decent as well over the past few years like he scored you know he scored a fair few goals as a striker and for me even though even though he hasn't got great height uh, I know Derek likes to play with, with a striker with a bit of height a bit of presence so I think you know I think Niall still does very well uh, I think he wins a fair share his fair share of balls uh, very good running in behind full backs um, so I think yeah, I'd, I'd, for, for me I'd go with Niall up front and probably bring the young lad Bruce Anderson on um, with about 30 minutes left you know a bit of legs a bit of fresh energy um, and maybe even go with a two up top put the two in them up you know depending on depending on what the score is but I think with St. Johnson they're, they're liable to to open up and lose a couple of goals you see last year they conceded uh, a fair amount of goals uh, some big losses, but in the end of the, the end of the year, they they picked up well and improved the defence, and even beat Aberdeen was a one 0 I think. Um, so you know they they've improved over the over the season last year. So uh, let's see how they get on this year. Um, but I think the main thing for Aberdeen is to go on the attack and to push forward, to press them high, and try and force some mistakes, uh, and then play the ball into the into the channels uh, in between the uh, fullback and centre half. I think that'd be a great tactic. Um, but yeah, let's see how the game goes. Hopefully it goes well. Hopefully we get the result. And I just want to say a little, um, you know, a heartfelt uh, sort of apology. Um, well, not even an apology, but some some um, best wishes to all the families and people that were affected by the train derailment as well. Um, and hopefully, you know, everyone in the city can make the best of a bad situation. Uh, I know we're going back into lockdown. It's going to be quite tough for the city as well. So uh, my best wishes are with 
everybody in Aberdeen at Stonehaven at the moment. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Yeah, that was former Don, Richie Byrne, Andrew, and uh, yeah, lots to talk about there about his thoughts on how Derek McKidd should line up from a striker's perspective, but also just want to echo exactly what he was saying there about the train derailment this week. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it was a, a tragic event and our thoughts go to, to all who were affected, uh, both on the train and the emergency services who coped so brilliantly with that. So uh, I think we all share... Uh, Richie's thoughts on that. Yeah, so looking at the situation then from uh, a striker's perspective, obviously you've got the youth option. Now again, just a quick word on now again as an option, Andrew, because uh, you know he certainly does have an eye for goal. He certainly does. I mean, he's, he's got eighty-five goals for Aberdeen, and uh, he's he's got an abundance of talent. We know that he's maybe not as quick as he once was, but um, you know, there's there's always the, the case that could be made that um, the the first yard is in your head and uh, Niall McGinn certainly has a very sharp football brain and uh, I think he, he would do well uh, as the, the the focal point of the attack. It does change the way that you've got to play right enough because um, you know up against big centre-halves, uh, Niall's not going to win uh, a huge amount of ball in the air but if you can play the right type of ball to him, uh, he, he's more than capable of... of you know, turning a centre half and getting away from him because we've seen it so often with McGinn against a full back. You know that it's coming. He's going to drop the shoulder and he's going to go one way or the other. And I'm sure the defenders in Scotland all know every trick that Niall McGinn has got in his book, but they fall for it time after time after time. And he's got a fantastic record against St Johnston. He's scored some wonderful goals against them and. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Derek McInnes opts to go with Niall McGinn up top. Well, we will see. Time will tell, of course. And amongst all this sort of craziness that's been happening in the league uh, over the last sort of week or so, we have one glimmer of something quite positive, and that is that the Dons are back in Europe, uh, Dave. And it's uh, first out the hat, which means it's going to be at Pataudry. European football back to Pataudry. Nobody to, there to see it in the ground. But uh, it is going to be either Barry Town of Wales or Runovic of the Faroe Isles. Um, Barrytown brings back memories for you of the, the game in the mid-90s? It brings back some pretty amusing, stroke horrendous memories. We, we got through, but the, the game down at Barry, um, obviously we don't have time to talk about our experiences. But Andrew oh, I'm and not I, sure, do we? <laughs> no, we don't. And that was, that was a game in commentary. Um, Andrew will remember that John Fitzpatrick was with us and... Uh, uh, he came out with the immortal line, someone needs to take this game by the scruff of the throat. <laughs> Brilliant. It's a classic. And, uh, well, you know, if someone is going to take it by the scruff of the throat, Andrew, in the, the game at Pataudry uh, at the end of the month, um, it's going to have to be over the course of one game. It is. It's just a, a one-off game. So I'm sure everyone at the club was delighted that it was going to be at Pataudry. And uh, looking at, at the... The two sides who could face us, Runovic, are in the midst of their season. They're not going particularly well, but they are playing. Whereas Barrytown United, as they're called nowadays, um, haven't started their season and trying to find information about whether they've played friendlies or not is, is proving difficult. So I think they could be going into this game a little bit half-baked, which could open the door for Runovic to perhaps win their first ever European tie. And wow. uh, if that is the case, then, you know, it's going to be a big, big game for them coming down from the Faroe Islands to play against Aberdeen. Um, but uh, 
I think if, if Aberdeen go about their business professionally, uh, they should have no worries about either of these two sides. You, do you think, Andrew, with the lack of crowds being there, because you, we've seen it before for the Dons when the Dons have been at home in Europe and the goals haven't f- sort of flown in as quickly as maybe the fans would like and then it becomes a bit of a slog because you know Aberdeen are going to be expected to win this game. Is there an advantage that the, there won't be fans in the ground? Um, it can work both ways because we have seen some wonderful European nights down the years where the crowd has played a major part in lifting the club to success. But uh, I think by the time that comes around, OK, we'll only have played what one, two, three competitive games in front of uh, no fans, hopefully. Um, so I think the players will be used to it and they, they won't need anything else. If they did need anything else, just think of all the flack that had been flying the club's way in the last week or so. Uh, As I said earlier in the programme, they've got to get this monkey off their back. Um, All the things that have happened, all the negativity that is surrounding the club, and the only place that you can do that is out in the pitch, so let's hope they can do that. Well, Barry Town have won seven titles uh, between 95 and 2003, so they've got a history of winning uh, in in Wales, that is, of course, and uh, they have David Cottrell, who played at Birmingham, plays for them, also Jack Compton from Falkirk. And uh, do you know, Dave, which TV show Barry Town is famous for? No, I don't. Uh, Andrew? Well, they were famous because they had John Fashion, who was their chairman for a wee while, who was right. son, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Uh, it's not the right answer, it's Gavin and Stacey. So, oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't uh, watch Gavin and Stacey, but I've been told that's accurate, so if it's not, um, well, I'm not the stat man, it's Andrew, so it's not my fault. Uh, on the way, we're going to talk uh, about the other games in the top flight that are happening this weekend. We'll also do Beat the Pundit, it's Don's fan Ian Davidson up against Dave McDermott tonight. We'll find out what Ian's thoughts are. We'll also find out how last week went as well and whether the pundit or the fan won with our predictions, and we'll do all that in just a minute. Time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, this is Red Friday. No Dons game tomorrow. Celtic Aberdeen is postponed, but there are four other matches taking place in the Scottish Premiership. And it's uh, Rangers and Hibs, the only two teams with a 100% record so far. Hibs have the chance to go top tomorrow. Their 5.30 kickoff against Motherwell is at home for Hibs and boss Jack Ross knows it's going to be a tough challenge. Yeah, obviously he was critical of his team in the aftermath of the draw um, but a squad on paper has, has a lot of quality and depth to it and obviously they've added to that again um, with Stephen O'Donnell joining so um, I still think a very dangerous opponents. You know, I know the start of the season hasn't been what they would have hoped or expected but the quality they have and, and as I mentioned that depth and the options that they have it makes it even, even preparing slightly more difficult because there's probably a little bit of uncertainty as to what personnel will play in their team because they've made changes thus far and they might do it again but no I expect it's not to be as difficult a game as it would have been last season when obviously they were enjoying such a successful period North Sound 1 Red Friday Yeah impressive start for Hibs Andrew Yeah it has been um, I saw uh, somebody mentioning them in the same breath as Eddie Turnbull's 1974 side. Steady. Which was very, very attractive to watch, I'm sure. Dave, you remember the days of John Brownlee, John Blackley, Pat Stanton, uh, Jimmy O'Rourke, Arthur Duncan, Alan Gordon, Alex Edwards, etc. Yeah. 
Yeah, John, John Brownlee was always described as swashbuckling because he right. used to yeah. love to go forward. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Hibs are good going forward and I think they've now got uh, a little bit more uh, defensive cover when they go forward with signing Alex Gogic from uh, Hamilton Ackies. Uh, so they're a pretty well-rounded looking package now, Hibernian, but uh, the, the proof of the pudding will be as the season goes on whether it can keep the form going but they've started the season very very well indeed yeah and Dave Stephen O'Donnell good signing for Motherwell it is a good signing and uh, certainly um, St- Steve Robertson uh, Robinson was very critical of his team and they actually singled out the three players who were yeah. exempt for, from criticism so Stephen O'Donnell good player uh, Scotland international so he'll certainly add a bit to the the rear guard at at Motherwell and yeah it's a a good sign initially just till the turn of the year but the option to extend that depending how he gets on he's just 28 still as well and he's been around for for a good while now and uh, yeah I, I did think he might go uh, maybe at a higher level but it, it, I mean, Motherwell certainly a good deal I think for both parties well, European football was yeah. part of the attraction he said absolutely uh, ok we're going to do Beat the Pundit then because we've been doing this since the start of the new season although it has been a bit stop start for reasons well we all know the reasons uh, but uh, every week we invite a Dons fan to take on our pundit Dave McDermott and see if you can uh, get more of the predictions right over the course of the weekend Dave won the first week Andrew how did it go last week well he won again so oh. he's, he's on fire as Mr McDermott so uh, won by four points to two last week so 100% records Rangers Hibernian and Dave yeah well done there we are indeed that was uh, Johnny Wilsey that was uh, giving us the scores on behalf of the Red Army last week this week it's Ian Davison let's get Ian's scores my predictions for this week are Hamilton and St Mirren to draw 1-1 Kilmarnock and St Johnson to draw 0-0 Dundee United to beat Ross County 2-1 uh, Hibs to beat Motherwell 2-1 and Rangers to beat Livingston 4-0 OK, let's get your scores then Dave First of all, Hamilton St Mirren Yeah, sadly I think I agree with Ian I think it'll be 1-1 which would leave us down at the bottom of the table uh, let's uh, come on, X and Johnson. Come on, at home, of course. Yeah, I fancy Killy to win this narrowly, two-one. And uh, Ross County at home to Dundee United. Of course, Ross County a pretty decent start to the season, but Dundee United looking good. Yeah, and I can't separate them. I think that one will be one-one. Uh, Hibs, of course, we just mentioned it there. Hibs against Motherwell, two-nil to Hibs. And then Livingston Rangers on the Sunday. Your thoughts on that one? Four-one to Rangers. Okay, there we are. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Just looking at those other games, I mean, there's certainly a few there that look particularly interesting. We mentioned Hibbs Motherwell there, Andrew, but uh, Ross County have started very solidly. They've got their seven points from nine and, and against the Dungeon United side who, you know, could have even seen more points at the start of this uh, this season. They've started quite strongly too. They have. Um, drew their first game against St Johnston, then a very good win at uh, Fir Park, courtesy of Mark Reynolds with his first goal since... Goodness knows when. In fact, I think it was three years ago when he scored that ferocious volley. That's Mark's words, not mine, <laughs> against Ross County. But um, uh, they've started well. They, they, they did come unstuck against uh, Hibs in midweek. Uh, a pretty doer struggle, that one, separated just by the Christian Dodge goal. But uh, County, uh, they're, I think they're, they're playing a decent brand of football. They, they like to get the ball forward. They've got Ross Stewart uh, playing well up front. They were able to leave Billy Mackay in the bench in midweek they've still got Lee Irwin uh, so they've got plenty of striking options and at the back they seem to have tightened up a wee bit although I'm still a wee bit 
concerned about Ross Laidlaw, the goalkeeper. I thought the the goal that Chris Burke scored, fine strike though it was, and it turned out to be Kilmarnock's 300th Premiership goal. Uh, so they got there just ahead of St Johnston. Um, but that goal, when you get beaten at your near post, you've got to ask questions of the goalkeeper. And I thought he, he lost height as he as he went for the ball. His knees seemed to buckle and he didn't present the sort of obstacle at the front post that a goalkeeper ought to, but that's taking nothing away from the strike by Chris Burke. But yeah, I think uh, Stuart Kettlewell will be very, very happy with the way uh, Ross County have started. But this is the sort of game that they will want to win. They will look at Dundee United and think that's a club round going to be round about us in the league. We've got to win our home games against these sort of sides. Yeah, come on, and Johnson tomorrow. Just a word there on Chris Burke, who's going to be 37 by the end of the year and playing the best football. And not just that, he's still being deployed as a winger and he seems faster than he was previously. He's certainly very fit for his, uh, you know, at that stage in his career. Interestingly, we've got to... The majority of the games are on plastic this weekend. Out of the five games, so we've got are, three yeah. three games at uh, Hamilton, Kilmarnock and Livingston on the artificial surface, which is not really a, a great stat, to be honest. No. But uh, going going back to Chris Burke, yeah, he's been a, a tremendous signing uh, for the Rugby Park side and, uh, yeah, very dangerous and still, as we saw with that goal, still very capable of uh, shots of the highest quality. Yeah, a good lesson, Andrew, for some of the younger players as to how to sort of keep playing and, and keep fit because you know at 37 generally wingers are usually given a new position they're usually sort of deployed in the centre midfield or maybe just in front of the defence but to be playing still on the wing at the at the pace that he is is a real credit to him It is indeed and uh, Chris Burke uh, had a lot of injuries and illness problems earlier on in his career so uh, he's enjoying a, an Indian summer certainly and as you say normally the legs have gone a wee bit by the time you reach 36, 37 but as I say he's enjoying a new lease of life and uh, he scored in every game for Kilmarnock this season Yeah, quite incredible uh, OK, so back then just very briefly Dave to the game next Thursday 20th of August of course it's the rearranged St Johnston Aberdeen game just a, just a quick word on it um, how do the Dons go about this? How, do, how does Derek McInnes what does he say to his players before this? Well, he just says go out and uh, make up for all the flack the club's been getting over the last week to ten days uh, by taking the points and getting ourselves off the hopefully well getting ourselves off the bottom mm-hmm. end of the table or start to get ourselves back up that table yeah it's um, not that often we've looked at a Hamilton game with uh, sort of oh I wonder what's going to happen here it's yeah. uh, rare maybe not one that we want to do too often exactly (laughs) Uh, that is it for Red Friday don't forget you can listen again if you head to northsound1.com hit the listen again button and you can have a listen to everything that we're talking about so much to talk about and I think we're going to be talking about all these things and more well for pretty much the whole season News at 7 is on the way in just a minute to talk dogs. North Sound 1 Red Friday.